Hey, Empty Nest Guest listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing and staying with me through a couple of seasons. It's been wonderful to share time with you. You are in for a treat today. We've had a lot of really upbeat podcasts and we've had some tough subjects. And today is a wonderful topic that is not talked a lot about. And it's about empty nesting in adversity. How do you do this thing? When trials come, we are on our knees in search, in search of answers and comfort. I have a special person on today, a dear friend, Shannon Wilburn, and she will share about so many things that she's been through in her life. Lots of adversity almost losing her husband during COVID, her dad being disabled, losing him at a young age, her own hair loss. She's been through so many trials. You will love Shannon's positive attitude, her Christ-centered approach to life, and how she steps out in faith. Shannon and I would love to share this time with you. So stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast, and thank you so much for staying with us. Welcome, Empty Nesters. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are in for a treat today. As you've been listening to lots of the different Empty Nest podcasts that have been out there, we've covered so many topics. But I realize that we haven't really covered empty nesting when it's really hard and empty nesting in adversity. And so many of you out there have been through really hard times. And today I have a dear friend and a person who I admire so much to talk to us about a few things. We're going to talk about the business that she has. We're going to talk about adversity. And we're also going to talk about how she presses into God and doesn't give up. So I can't wait for you to hear Shannon Wilburn's story. Um, thank you all for tuning in, and without further ado, I'm going to introduce Shannon. We're going to say hello, and I would love for her to tell all of you about her. Welcome. Thank you so much, Charlotte. You're I'm welcome. excited to be here today, and um, I, I know you and I have known each other for a really, really long time, mm-hmm. uh, but have recently become good friends again, yeah. um, meeting every couple of months just to kind of reconnect um, with another gal. And so it's my pleasure to be here today. I Thank love you. what you're doing with your Empty Nest podcast and just with your life. I think so many people need it. So oh, do you want me to tell you. you about my business? You what know, do you want? What do you think um, people I love, want to know? And listeners, you know, some, some of these are Zoom and we're doing audio. Shannon's right here in the studio and it's such a treat. I wish you could see her because she's just a, a ray of light. And, and, you know, I want to encourage listeners. Shannon mentioned that we do get together. We get together with um, another friend named Amy and we get together, what, like once a month, I guess. I think we try we once try. a month. It usually ends up being once every three months. So, we try. <laughs> but you know, you all um, that are listening, we, our purpose when we get together is to spur each other on. Yep. In Christ. And yeah. not everyone has friends like that, but it is wonderful to be with these two girls, get together, talk about what God's doing in our lives. And Have what some we prayer. Need, yeah, prayer. Yeah. What we need prayer for and how we can encourage each other. And we kind of fan each other's flames, yep. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, Shannon, go ahead. Okay. I want you to start with um, just a basic bio about you yeah. and your kids and your husband and your life. And then the first question is... Um, why don't you dive into your Just Between Friends okay. and give a little advice to our empty nesters who are starting a small business or thinking about it. Okay. Um, so, man, I have I feel like I need to cover 30 years in um, a long time. So I'm 50 years old and been married to my husband coming up on 31 years. I can't believe that. Um, 
he is a pastor here mm-hmm. locally. We have two grown children, ages 25 and 26, who are both married. And they live, um, one lives about an hour and a half away, and one is moving to Boston three weeks from now. Big so going to be, yeah, yeah. going to be a big change in our life. Just very excited for them, though, uh, to be pursuing their passion there. Um, yeah, they're both married, and we're expecting our first grandchild in, um, here in about two and a half months. So I'm really thrilled about that. Um, Charlotte mentioned that I do have a business. I actually have two. Yes. I'm, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I never really set out to be a business owner. I just was trying to fulfill a need that was um, in my own life, and that was clothing my children. Mm-hmm. So back when I was 27 years old, I started a company with my co-founder, Devin Tackett, called mm-hmm. Just Between Friends. And depending on where you are in the in the nation, you may have heard about it. We're in 32 states now, so people can find that if they Google that, right? How do they? Yeah. How do you find that online? Well, our our main consumer-facing website is called jbfsale.com. Awesome. Stands for okay. Just Between Friends Sale.com, um, and then our our franchising is just you can Google Just Between Friends franchising if you're okay. interested in purchasing a franchise. Um, but basically, our concept is. We're a marketplace for families to buy and sell gently used children's and maternity clothes, toys, and baby equipment. So we don't have a brick and mortar location, mm-hmm. so you can't find us every day in all the cities. We're in over 150 locations. Amazing. Um, but if you Google it, you will find out when the event comes to town, so to speak. Um, they're all locally owned and operated. And well, I think I might have met you. I mean, I kind of knew who you were, but then when it got going all these years ago and all of us were in the toddler phase, we would take our, our toys and things yep. and go to what we call here the Expo yep. Square. Uh-huh. And everyone takes things, and then you shop for what you need, and then you have your things for sale, and then Shannon take it from there. Yeah, so it's basically a marketplace. So we're Mm -hmm. connecting buyers and sellers. That's all we're doing. So families who have stuff to sell, bring it to the... event wherever the event is happening in the territory where they live and then shoppers can come buy the item so what's cool about it is the families that are selling are making 60 to 70 percent on whatever they're selling and they get to pick the price and there's a a format of how they become a seller we call them consigners and then there's also the shoppers are saving 50 to 90 percent off retail yes and the and so you know i i'm a bargain hunter by nature. Mm -hmm. And so saving 50 to 90% is right up my alley. Yes. Um, I got new toys. I remember I I get things with tags on them. Yes. Like I was a digger and I would find awesome things. (laughs) The other thing that, that, uh, Shannon and her franchisee people do is they give back. And I was looking at, um, since 2003, Shannon and Just Between Friends franchises and consigners have donated more than $32.4 million. Yes. So it is, it's basically in-kind donations. So if you want to be a seller, you just let us know. Um, And then every item you get to choose, if this item does not sell to all the thousands of shoppers that Mm -hmm. are coming through, that you can either donate it or you can come and pick it up, each individual item. And lots of our our goal is that 50% of our sellers will choose to donate unsold items and every franchise partners with a local charity again mm-hmm. maybe sometimes even multiple char- charity charities within a territory and so we um, in 2019 we set a vision called the 2030 vision where by yes. 2030 we are going we and when I mean we I mean the just between friends community okay so 
um, consigners, but really it's the sellers. It's the families that are doing this, but yes. we're facilitating it. Awesome. Um, and the, the goal, the vision 2030 is that we will be able to have donations of over a hundred million dollars. So oh, that's awesome. And I think we can do it. It's not this yeah. big, hairy, audacious goal. It's really a goal that is very attainable. Hey, um, you've already done a third yeah. of that, right? We, yeah. Just yeah. about. Mm-hmm. So, and we y'all, have, the other thing, listeners, listen, Shannon has been on, I feel honored to have her here. She has won a very prestigious award, the highest honor given to women by the International Franchise Association, Bonnie Levine yes. Award. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, also, y'all, she's been on Good Morning America, the CBS Early Show, Today Show, Fox News, Business, and more. And we are just blessed to have her here. So, well, thank you for having yeah. me, Charlotte. So, I feel, I feel um, encouraged that I get to um, be in your community. Well, I appreciate that so much. And, and as I shared listeners, you know, I, I was looking back at a lot of the podcasts and there've been a lot of, I'm an encourager by nature. Like I know that, that when I wake up in the day, I just ask the Lord, okay, who do I encourage today? What do I need to be about? Um, as a cup half full person, that's not something that's natural for a lot of people. And I feel like that's just who something you are. To, right. Like yeah, something definitely. to do, like a way to share Christ in that way. Yeah. But I was looking back at a lot of these topics we've covered and I thought, you know, we really need to cover adversity and when things are hard. And I know that um, Shannon hasn't always had it easy with that business, but it's going really well now. Yes. And there's been some adversity there. But just lately, um, the other thing I do think that's amazing about Shannon is there might've been some adversity when you donated your kidney, right? Just because not everybody <laughs> yeah. I've had on has donated a kidney, yeah. but I, we're going to get to her story with her husband, Mitch in the hospital and literally almost losing him. Mm-hmm. And he flatlined, but you've, you've been through your share of other adversity. Tell yeah. us about, um, growing up. I read about your father. Yes. So when um, I have an identical twin sister okay. and my mom and dad had my sister and I, when they were in college, okay. uh, the summer before their senior year in college, um, they had gotten married after their freshman year mm-hmm. and um, had me and my twin back in 1970. That's when okay. we were born. And um, my dad just is you know, was a very, very smart individual, very, Mm -hmm. um, driven to succeed, climb the corporate ladder type of person. Um, and he went into public accounting and then went into, um, the oil and gas industry in Texas. And, um, he just succeeded. I mean, just climbing that ladder, Mm -hmm. just like everyone hopes. And at the age of 33, he was CFO of an oil and gas company. Um, you know, and I realized back then I didn't think that was young, but when I turned 33, I was like, wow, my dad was, (laughs) that's a big deal. It was a big deal. Um, and he was having meetings with Ross Perot, having meetings with the Rockefellers and just, you know, he, he had made it. He had done something, um, that no other publicly traded company had done. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but uh, my mom was just really proud of that. So, um, but when he was 33, he started experiencing symptoms like numbness in his hands Mm. and his legs. And, um, what happened is he went from a cane to a walker to a wheelchair in the span of six weeks and was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and MS back in that time. I know it's, we've come a long way in discovering how to help and treat people with multiple sclerosis, but, uh, back in, you know, the early eighties there, there wasn't as much known about the disease. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's a fatigable disease, meaning it's just, you, you feel 
tired all the time. And so he went on disability. So he went from, you know, making six figures, which in the 80, in the early 80s that, Mm -hmm. you know, right now that doesn't seem like that's that big of a deal. But um, back then it was. And to being in a wheelchair and not being able to work. So my mom went to work and that was actually, that's part of my just between friends story because that's when my twin sister and I were introduced to consignment is, Mm -hmm. um, we moved, we sold our huge brand new custom home around an atrium. We sold both brand new cars that were in the driveway and we moved to a rent house and, um, just life changed. Um, and I think growing up with, um, someone in your immediate family who's disabled, it just, you have a different perspective on stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know that's the Lord's story in my life. And honestly, I really feel like that's why, um, I have a love for people who, you know, and I think that's the, the character traits that have helped me be more tolerant. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. Um, I'm definitely not perfect. That is for dang sure. But, um, but that's part of my story. My dad's story is part of my story. Sure. So, and just think of the stepping stone that you didn't even know you're how old? 10, 12, t- 12 years mm-hmm. old. And then you take that and turn that adversity into something that's blessing so many people because yeah. you never know who all's shopping at these, yeah. um, wonderful sales yeah. and what stories people have been through yeah. and what's going on and how you're providing a blessing for them. And, I, I can't imagine that and watching that and watching your mom be strong probably taught you some strength very and- much. So she's been a great role model in my life mm. and just, you know, sticking it out and being a good help me for my, for my dad. And he actually passed away when I was 28. So Ugh. one year into just between friends. Yes. And so my mom would often say, your dad would be so proud of you, you know, oh. cause he, I, I really feel like both my mom and my dad are driven people. My mm-hmm. mom is a great salesperson. Yeah. Um, she sold Jesus for a while. She was, <laughs> she was the single parent family minister at a yeah. large congregation in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, and just, you know, I have, I have great role models in my parents oh, for sure. You sure do. Well, it's amazing that that phase of your life led to what you're doing right now. Yep. Um, I, before we dive into what happened with Mitch, because some of you listeners may even be familiar with this story. This story made national news about her husband, but I was researching for this podcast and, and reading, and I, Shannon, totally forgot that you donated that kidney <laughs> to your uh, person at the church, yes. but it wasn't what you set out to do. And God really wrestled with you a little bit in yes. that, didn't he? For, for probably, he was probably banging me on the head and <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a great, um, remind me of where that Christian Chronicle, I believe details that story. Um, I think, was I'm it a not, 2018? I think if any of you I think it was, I honestly, I think you could just Google yeah. Shannon Wilburn kidney donation and you can read about it if you want, but it's a, it's a really fun God story for sure. We'll it's share a amazing. couple minutes of that oh, before oh we dive gosh. in. Yeah. It usually takes me about 45 minutes okay. to tell the story, but I'll, I will just very quickly. So, um, gosh, September of 2016, I was sitting in the pew at my church. We had three branches Mm -hmm. and um, someone from the stage was asking us to pray for another member who I didn't know that went to one of the other branches Mm -hmm. and um, said, he's in dire need of a kidney. And what I heard in my spirit was, it's you, Shannon. (laughs) 
And wow. I remember looking around thinking, who else heard that? And I don't even know this person. And, and Mitch and Mitch had been diagnosed with cancer in tw- the early 2015. I had started losing my hair. Um, and so we, oh, and then he had been diagnosed with myasthenia gravis. So in this two years ahead of that, had just been lots of medical issues for our family. And I was like, I am not going to donate my kidney to a perfect stranger. Get us back in the hospital. There's no way I'm going to yeah. do this. Um, but over the course of the next year, the Lord um, just highlighted to me over and over and over and over and over and over again, way too many times that I needed to be tested to be, um, be a match. And he, and this, this particular gentleman that needed a kidney, um, had already had his brother's kidney for 30 years because he, he had, um, a genetic kidney disease. And, um, that kidney was, I think 7% had 7% capacity and then his life was going to change because he was going to have to go on dialysis. Mm -hmm. And so the need was great. And, you know, it's hard to ask someone to give you a body part. Well, you didn't even know this. No, I didn't know him. Not at all. So, um, fast forward, um, and I, and I hate to even fast forward because there's just so many confirmations and just probably a lot of me talking to the Lord about Mm -hmm. stomping my foot, really like, I'm not doing this. (laughs) And then him, you know, tapping me on the shoulder saying, remember it's you, Shannon. And, um, isn't it amazing? He does that through scripture. He does it through people. Yes. And you had a chance conversation on a plane. It was all of that. Somebody point blank say something. It was on, we were coming back from an executive team meeting in Dallas. Um, and one of my executive Mm -hmm. team members, we were in the car headed home and she was like, Hey, Shannon I had not talked to anyone about this not mentioned it to my husband no one and she said hey Shannon one of my friends just donated her kidney and I I looked at her we we were the only two in the vehicle and I was like why are you telling me this and then I was like I think I'm supposed to get tested to be I was mad I don't know why I think I I was just like Lord, uh, why me yeah um but anyway the the gentleman who needed it um, I was told by, um, the gal who was doing what, what is called a cross match test. I had gone to see her after I had given blood to see if I was a, a match for him just to meet her. Cause I had been talking to her for about three weeks. This is after I had decided to, to get tested mm-hmm. and, and Mitch had come along on board and we had had a conversation and met them. And so I went to get tested. It's like the third step in a, in, you know, 50 step process. Did you kind of know you think like, Hey, if God's no, prodding me to no, do this. No, I didn't until then? this, okay. until this, until this point. And okay. I told her, I said, well, when will I find out? And she looked at me like with this sympathetic look and she said, Shannon, she said, this will have to be God ordained for you to be a match because he has these antibodies. And I, and I remember turning around, looking at the elevators to get on the elevator to leave that office. And I was like, well, it's happening now because she said, if it's going to be, it has to be God ordained. I'm like, it's going to happen. And of course I was a match and, um, and he is, he just had, he just celebrated his 70th birthday. Um, he has seven grandkids and he, and he, I, I wonder, I wanted to ask him like, why are you wanting to get a kidney at the age of 66? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, why? And he said, Shannon, he said, I feel like Hezekiah in the Bible. I just want a few more years yes. to make sure my grandkids know, come to know the love 
come to know and love the Lord. And so I was like, well, of course, that's why, you know, all of this is happening. And they're just a great spirit-filled family, all of them. So, And you know, listeners, for those of you not familiar with Hezekiah prayer, when I was getting ready for this podcast, I was like, of course, Shannon has that in her (laughs) wheelhouse and in her story. My own sweet mom had to have a loop insertion done for her heart. She's been through a full-blown stroke, some mini TIAs, and I may tear up. Um, All that my mom wants to do is see all three of our children marry. And she said, you know, I'd settle for one (laughs) great-grandchild. So by happenstance, years ago, um, well, two or three years ago, I met this dynamic couple. You could just see Jesus through them in the waiting room. And this woman her son-in-law was going in for the same heart procedure and she said why don't we join together and pray the hezekiah prayer for both this young man and your mom yeah and i knew exactly what she was talking about because i'm familiar with that in hezekiah 38 there's a prayer specifically asking for 15 more years to a life and it was kind of cool listeners because this prayer was prayed and you know what god said he said Okay, I think that sounds great, and I don't yes, think Lord. I don't think it's exactly like that in Scripture, but it was basically a petition for more years. Yes, and people claim that, and so listeners, I want to encourage you if you're in the middle of adversity with a loved one, if you yourself are dealing with an illness, if you want 15 more years specifically for someone, my mom would be 94. Wow, um, if this works out, so we're yeah. believing that and we prayed that. And I love that because look at what now he's been able to do. Yes. And he's walking around with your kidney. Yes, so, yes. And he's alive and well. Oh, my goodness. So that's <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, so what I want to move into now, just we're on the however many days on the other side of this. Please share what happened with your precious husband and you in the middle of COVID. Yes. And yeah. the onset of this and what you all just take us through that yeah, story sure. because it's amazing. So just kind of preemptively to, to tell the listeners a little bit about Mitch. So Mitch um, is a pastor. He's been a youth minister, been a community outreach minister, but mm-hmm. really been in the pulpit leading our congregation for and share about, about your 16 church. years. I want so. people to look for y'all Yeah, online. yeah. We're, we are located in the Tulsa area mm-hmm. um, at 96th and Garnett. So if anyone knows the old Grace um, campus right yeah. there where the Creek Turnpike meets 169. And how about your uh, website? Because we have people international. And speaking of international, Shannon and Mitch had people from 55 countries Praying yes. for his his yes. health, but um, yes. what's your website? I think for it's parkplaza.org. Awesome. Yeah, okay. parkplaza.org. It's called the Park Church Tulsa. Okay. Um, but you can Google um, Mitch Wilburn Park Church, mm-hmm. and it'll probably come up. But um, he was diagnosed with a thymic carcinoma mm-hmm. in January of 2015, and that is, um, it's a cancer in your mediastinum, so close to your heart, Okay. Um, and it was a lemon-sized tumor. Um, and that was 2015? That was your January of 2015, after that. It was after, after that. that. Yep. So he was diagnosed um, with this thymic carcinoma, which usually goes along with a disease called myasthenia gravis, which is an autoimmune disease. But most people who have a thymoma, which is the tumor, when they are removed and go to pathology, only 5% of them are cancerous and his was cancerous, but they got it all with clear margins. The only thing they had to do was cut his phrenic nerve to get it all. And the phrenic nerve controls your diaphragm. 
which controls your lung and your breathing. Okay. Um, and so um, then November of 2016, he was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis. So, you know, 18 months later, um, and that presented itself in Mitch specifically in 2016 with his eye drooping. Okay. And so his left eye was closed. And so he had to be in the hospital for five days straight, um, on infusions. And if you meet Mitch today, I want you to know that he's a very energetic, um, person. Like if you met him, you would not think, Oh, this guy's sickly. Not at he all. He just has lots of stuff that has happened to him. And mm-hmm. when you see him in the pulpit, the Lord does something supernatural with him. He just gives him all kind, gives him all kinds of strength and you mm-hmm. don't see any of the, any of the, the underlying stuff that's going on with him. So it's just, it's really fun to watch him. He's yes. a very gifted communicator, like gifted. Um, and I, I'm very proud of him. Me too. I wish we're, I had we that are communication. Honored to know him. Yes. We're <laughs> well, honored to know him. Well, he, um, he got sick with that. Then myasthenia gravis. Then I lost my hair. Uh, that was a whole nother, a whole nother issue, a medical issue. Uh, but it's come back. It's totally back. Um, and then, uh, so going into COVID, um, going into the pandemic, there was already um, just we wanted to make sure that Mitch was kept safe because he had these underlying conditions. Oh, and I forgot he was diagnosed with prostate cancer before the pandemic. So all of those things. So he has two kinds of cancer and myasthenia gravis. High risk. He has two other autoimmune diseases. So it's just, yes, very high risk. So (laughs) predisposed to, um, being, um, someone who could easily catch this. And so he was very, 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 both of us were very, um, I felt like over the top protective of, um, things and not going outdoors, not letting people in our house. Like Mm -hmm. our kids can come in the house for about eight weeks. So anyway, we got all the way to October and on October 12th, Mitch was diagnosed with COVID. And, um, so, October 15th, he was starting to have a little bit of trouble breathing, Mm -hmm. which he only has 40% capacity in his left lung anyway from the previous cancer. And um, we have a phenomenal physician here in Tulsa that did a house call. He said, I just want to, he called, he said, I want to check on Mitch. And I said, well, I think he's having trouble breathing, but he won't tell me that, but I can hear it. And listeners yeah. who are subscribers, there is a wonderful podcast with Laura Dennis early on yes. in our Empty Nest Guests podcast. Laura is married to the awesome physician that took care yes. of Mitch yeah. and Shannon. I love how God interweaves people, but a little shout out to Laura Dennis for her almost Empty Nest Yeah, blog, and I right? really shout out to Laura um, also for allowing her husband the capacity to do stuff like he did, which is house calls. So she's an amazing support to Dr. Dennis, her Mm -hmm. husband. So he comes to the house. He comes to the house and says, I don't like what I hear. I'm going to admit you. And there were um, two hours. So he called to our local um, hospital here and said, you know, do you have a bed? Could you get a bed ready in the COVID wing for my patient? And so we didn't, we didn't leave the house for about two hours. But when we got in the car, it was like something had switched. It was like the Lord knew that Mitch was going to get significantly worse in that two hours. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Lord prompted Brent Dennis, Dr. Dennis to come to our house. Um, because I'm driving Mitch to the hospital thinking, is he, is he going to die in my car? Like he was having to 
breathe through, like talk through breath, like Ugh. not have a full sentence like that. So he went downhill very quickly that that afternoon, the evening of the 15th, and got into the hospital. And over the next two weeks, he went from just a nasal cannula to um, the mask, the oxygen mask that goes over your face, um, then went to a rebreather, which is the bag that you put mm-hmm. over where it um, is over your nose and mouth and has a bag. It just gives you more airflow. Um, and we knew he was getting worse and worse. And at that time, I had contracted COVID. So I also had COVID. Um, and of Back course, fever, didn't you? Yeah, Horrible. 103.7 multiple uh, times. Um, ER three times. Yeah, I went right? to the ER three times on the last time I packed a bag because Dr. Dennis said they're going to admit you. But supernaturally again I started feeling better hadn't seen Mitch at that I I hadn't seen I don't know exactly how many days between anyway but yeah I hadn't seen Mitch so Mitch Mm. was isolated in the COVID unit I was isolated at home it was just not a fun October Um, then October 30th or 31st um I got a call from Dr. Dennis and he said hey we're putting Mitch on the BiPAP machine which is kind of the last ditch effort to get them to the oxygen they need to, you know, Mm. for other functions like their kidneys and their brain and their heart, not to um, have to work as hard. Um, and he said about three hours into it, he said, I, we're going to need to put them on a ventilator. Sorry. It was awful. Um, listeners, Shannon, um, shared so much faith through her Facebook and she was communicating to people and they have quite the congregation and watching people bless them and take on putting notes on the driveway, sending, um, Shannon, someone put out something where you could record messages to speak into Mitch. And I'll be honest, as a friend on the other side of this, there were people prostrate on the floor praying for him to live yeah. because he is important in our community. And he's also, you just look at their family and you go, they've been through so much and their grand baby is going to be born. And, and there are a lot of people I think out there going, come on, Lord, this yeah. guy needs to live. And well, it felt, it felt like he's supposed to be here to I so knew, many people. I knew people were watching. Yes. So, um, and I was like, I, like I, this is when the Lord and I just had multiple conversations. Like, I'm like, I am not going to be, I am not going to give into Satan's schemes of wanting me to be fearful. And, um, and I remember writing because I had started a caring bridge and and Mm -hmm. there were multiple, um, thousands of people, you know, following us on Facebook and, um, following us on the caring bridge. And I was like, I don't want to hear, I don't want other people to be in fear and I'm an irrationally optimistic person anyway. Yes. Um, and I feel like the Lord has given me that personality trait, that character trait, whatever, to kind of get through stuff like this. And, and maybe just to give to faith. faith. Yes, yes, totally. And maybe, maybe it was for such a time as this to help lead people through this. Um, but they, uh, they put Mitch on the ventilator mm. uh, that night. And um, Mitch said that Dr. Dennis came in and said, do you want to rest? And, um, so he was like, yeah, I want to rest. You know, he couldn't get a breath. Bless his heart. Um, so we had just prayer warriors in that time frame. Um, just, I had sent out like Mitch can't get a breath and he's, 
his oxygen was turned all the way up and he just was gasping for air. Mm. And so I think he was, he was ready to, Mm -hmm. to be put on the, the ventilator. Um, so anyway, so eight days go by and he was thankfully just totally by the Lord's blessing, able to be extubated on the eighth day, which honestly, it just, it doesn't happen very often with COVID that once you're, once you're intubated, there are very few people that are extubated. And so that was, I mean, I think it's like, like 8% or something. The whole thing was amazing to watch because we were praying for numbers and certain things. And Shannon was so good about this is what we need. And we need these numbers here. And yeah, I think it was wonderful to watch specifically, like, what do we do to pray for the life of this I would end every Caring Bridge and every Facebook post with these are the things we need to be praying for. It was great. And, And then highlighting the things that that we're giving the Lord praise for because yes. even those little things and someone gave me the, someone gave me the, um, the picture, the vision, someone who just, you know, is great with looking at vision that when you, you ha- it was a picture of two ladders next to each other on one ladder, the rungs are, you know, one foot, um, apart. Mm-hmm. And then on the next ladder, the rungs are like four feet apart. And, it's, it is like looking at both of those and the ladders are the exact same height, Mm -hmm. but how you get there is, you know, you can either try really hard to go four feet at a time, or you can go one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to point out to those that were praying where the Lord was being faithful and where he was, um, you know, where we could praise him Mm -hmm. and just little things like, I don't know, like his specific numbers that he had or big things like I finally got to go when he got extubated. I finally got to go see him after 26 days. Yes. Was this before or after he had how many seconds where he was um, not It was with before. You? It okay. was before. So I, I got up there on day 26 and was able to be in the room with him. Mm-hmm. And that night, uh, unfortunately, he went downhill just, you know, he had been doing good, but then... Um, he started getting some type of blood infection. They call it DIC, where okay. your your blood coagulates in places where it's not supposed to, so it, it clots in different places. And we didn't know that he was turning septic, but that was wow. what was happening that first day that I was up there with him. And honestly, Charlotte, I thought that he when I got up there, because I had been talking to him over FaceTime, yeah. and he had sounded so much better. And Uh, but he hadn't moved off the COVID floor yet. And so I wasn't able. So when I got up there, I was like, I expected him to be more talkative and he just wasn't. He was, he was sleeping most of the time. And I was reading all the cards that had come in that were, you know, by his bed that hadn't been open and all the cards that had come to the house in the previous, Mm -hmm. you know, four weeks. And, um, and, but I remember thinking he's not, he's not doing very well. And um, when the pulmonologist came in, he was like, we need to, um, we need to re-intubate him. And, um, and I had already been on Google to figure out what that meant sure. just for my own informational purposes. And I started crying because, mm-hmm. you know, that 8% goes down to like 3%. I mean, it's like, it's like ridiculous. Um, if you have to be intubated a second time, but, um, but it was his, it was the only hope. So of course we're like, (laughs) you know, yeah, we're going to do it. Um, and Mitch said no at first. 
He just, he just, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but thankfully the doctor said, can I get your wife's permission? And he said, yeah. And I said, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you're believing yes. for those extra years. Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, about three days after he was intubated the second time, um, I was, I, that whole, that whole second time of intubation, I was able to stay there in the room with him, um, mm-hmm. uh, because we were in a step down ICU and not on the COVID floor anymore. And so they could, we could have one visitor. And so I spent, you know, 20, 22 hours a day. I went home to shower once a oh. day and would, would stay up there. And, um, you know, you're watching his numbers and he was hooked up to multiple machines, probably 10 different IV bags of whatever medicine they're, they're needing him, you know, depending on if it was his heart, if it, it was his kidneys, if it was, you know, what, whatever wasn't, they were treating mm-hmm. what was worst first, you know? Um, and, I, I was sitting there and the nurse was in the room because when you're um, in ICU, the typical protocol I've been told is two patients to one nurse. Okay. And so the nurse happened to be in there and his, um, his heart rate went from like, um, you know, 60 to like 48, Ugh. 34, 26, 17, 10, and then zero. And it was flatline. I was like, what is going on? And, um, I'm like, Oh, Oh babe. Oh babe. You know, and the, and the nurse like hit her fist on his chest and nothing happened. And so then she pushed the code blue button. So I was, I was like, I am watching my husband die. And I know, unfortunately there's been many people who have had to do that. So I went in the, went out in the hall cause they asked me to leave. And you know, the code blue team came running and about two minutes later, um, someone came out and said, he's back. He's back. He was only out for seven seconds, seven seconds and we did not have to revive him. He came back on his own. So, um, which I'm told is, um, amazing. <laughs> well, and what's amazing listeners, we had the privilege of, of being out with Shannon and Mitch a while back and, and he actually, had a vision that he shared with us of yep. what happened during yep. those seven seconds. And if, if this makes me tear up, but if any of you are out there listening and you wonder about where we go, if we are followers of Christ, yeah. we go to be with Jesus yes. and we go to be with Christ. We go to eternity. And I believe Mitch got a glimpse of that. Yes, I do too. And he is able to share that with people now And there is so much more to this story that we could literally do a podcast, um, about just this whole experience, but I wanted to, I wanted to, and he is doing, he's doing so much better. He is home. He came home December 1st. What a Um, journey. He's probably 90, 90 to 95% back. Um, so we're coming up on the six month mark of being home and just so grateful and thankful to be able to live another day to be able to mm-hmm. spend with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, listeners, my heart goes out to lots of you. I get emails and, and I, I'm so grateful to the listening community. Those of you who are widows that don't have this story, our heart goes out to you. Yeah. I'm going to do a specific podcast about that. We root for you and we cheer for you and mm-hmm. we can't imagine your strength in adversity. Um, this is just one story here. There are countless, but the same God that you cling to, I hope, is what gives you strength. But I have to ask Shannon, 
a question that maybe you've been asked a lot. Did you ever just say, God, I am so mad at you and I cannot do this anymore? <laughs> Did you have a Job moment where you have friends or anyone saying, how do you stay strong? How do you do this? Tell us I, if you went to the bottom in this. Um, I, well, I think just mentally for my own personality, I, I already told you I'm mm -hmm. irrationally optimistic. And yeah. I think um, that positivity honestly is what held me up and the yeah. Lord held me up through, through giving me that positivity and, and only looking for the faith side and not letting the enemy get in my, get in my head. Mm -hmm. But there were times where I would, I would break. And, uh, I remember one time it was after Mitch flatlined, I was, um, I was in his room and, you know, most of the nurses, in fact, all but two nurses that I had were amazing and encouraging mm -hmm. and only two, um, you know, were kind of negative. And, yeah. and I just, I prayed to the Lord, like, I don't want any more nurses like that because right. I don't need to hear, um, the reality that they see because I'm going to see through the eyes of Jesus yes. and I don't want to see through worldly eyes what, no. what could happen, what may happen. Like I want to, um, live in this in this faith-filled world where I'm going to believe for the best and and that's what I did and I um I was laying in the on the couch bed yeah. <laughs> and the night nurse had come in and she was very bubbly and her name was Tori and um just be bopping along she was like yeah. 22 years old and I told Tori I said Tori I said, unfortunately, you're going to be here on the shift where I cry. And so I'm just warning you because I could feel mm. it like I needed to just cry. Yeah. And, and aren't we glad for tears? You yes. know, they're a gift. And I think so many times we keep things bottled up and, and the Lord gave us an outlet to refresh ourselves, get that yes. out and experience yeah. emotion so that we can be filled back up again. Yep. But tears can be a yep. gift too. And I think a negative character trait that I have is I don't like to cry. Me too. <laughs> I try to hold it all in like a good little soldier. Yes. Yes. So, so she, she didn't say a word. She handed me the tissue box and turned around and walked out of the room to mm -hmm. let me have my cry. And 20 minutes later, I felt so much better. Yeah. Um, but another person who had gone through this had told me, had given me the advice that you're gonna, you're going to and this is a huge believer that I look up to, you're going to have points of fear. You're you going to. absolutely, And just give yourself permission to get through it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I did, which it was great advice. Well, um, and so much yeah. if you're just so exhausted. Yes. And your reserves are down. Yep. And as I was, you know, thinking about just talking points, just during adversity, when, you, when your reserves are so depleted, you have got to rest. Yeah. And you were good about that. Like yeah. you would even say, I'm going home to get some rest. Yes. And others would, would carry, sometimes yep. we have to borrow people's faith too. Yes. And that's what I want to kind of wrap up here. I want to, to just spend about five minutes where we just come up with things of, for those who are listening that are in the midst of it, what are your top things that you share with somebody about faith and yeah, how and, do you persevere through hard times? And I can only t say what works for me because I think there are, there's so much advice that we, we get from different spiritual people in our, in our lives and specifically going through this, this last, um, 
trial or challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, what has worked for me, Charlotte is just being in the word daily Mm -hmm. and, and also, um, you know, I know you have a, you have a, um, a little Bible study devotional yes. on the Version yes. app called Empty Nest. It's, what is it called? Um, the Blessed Empty Nest. That the, was a Version Bible plan. I searched a lot for different things to look at about how to keep empty nesters motivated and just wanted to write a Bible plan. Yeah, so it was just, excellent. Yeah, I encouraged. did. I did one of those. So I, I open up the Bible app. Sure. Not every day. I wish it was every day. Yeah. My, my yeah. goal is every day. Um, but just do some different devotionals every mm-hmm. day. And then praise and worship, like yes. listening, turning on YouTube on my TV in the mornings mm-hmm. or turning on um, Spotify on my phone when I'm getting ready in the mornings and just letting the Lord's words and um, just fill me up mm-hmm. before I go out and lead others in my, in my day-to-day job. Uh, that's, that has, is what has gotten me through. Also, um, just being around other believers yes. uh, because Community. it's, yeah, the community, I felt like, um, and, um, two of my executive team members, um, really three of them just, I felt like that, that I was there. I felt like I was there like leading the thousands of people who were watching Mitch's story. Yes. And I needed someone to hold my hands up. You bet. Kind of like Moses and Aaron. You it's bet. It's like, um, you know. And Moses couldn't even do it. He was so tired. Yes. And they were like, we got you. And that is what I felt like my executive mm-hmm. team was for me at that time. Just holding me up so that I could, yes. you know, instill faith in other people. Mm-hmm. And um, so surrounding yourself with people who, who can do that for you in times of trial. And I think it's awesome how if you say, Lord, who do, who do I need to be talking with at this phase in my life or today, if you ask him specifically, sometimes it's crazy how that personal call or you'll run into some yeah. something. I think if we just keep our I face, love that. keep our face turned what to him. What else do you do? Okay. I listen to, you mentioned um, songs. I think I sent one to you, which, which is Oceans Deep. Yes. That's and a it's, good one. it's basically just keep my eyes above the waves. Yes. Because the waves are not going to stop. And yes. just because we pray to get out of something, I even sometimes think I need like a life raft. Yes. To keep my eyes above the waves. Yeah. I get tired and can't tread water through yep. something. So I love that song. Another song that I go to often, and I can I can go to a little bit of um, just to be tired or, or a little negativity sometimes. Yeah. Not like if I hear the wrong words in my head. Right. And I try to go to Matt Redmond's Ten Thousand Reasons. Oh, that's there a good are one. ten thousand yeah. reasons every day for my heart to sing. Whether yes. it's beauty outside, nature. Um, I'm alive. I can put food on the table. I mean, you can write down ten thousand things. Yeah. So song. that's what I tried to do to help people, Charlotte. Yes. When I would write, when I would write something, I would say, "This is a praise." Yes. And point it out because you don't often see those little things, and mm-hmm. that's back to that exact same song. Yeah, and you know, I will. Um, I get a little bit overwhelmed when I think about some things. I was having to have a very big neck surgery in my life that didn't make any sense at all. It was a neurosurgery. I was scared to death. I have two artificial discs in my um, C5, C6, C7. It was a really difficult time, and we had a wedding, and we had a house move, and kids graduating, and this neurosurgery didn't make sense. Yeah. And I, I really did get to a place of, Lord, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, I am trying 
to serve you. Why this? Yeah. But what the Lord showed me is we don't get to sign up for the adversity that comes our way. And some people that actually came to Christ during that time were in the medical community yeah. that we got to talk with and share our story with. And on the other side of this, I look back and I think, I know, you know, there's the question out there, does God cause adversity? Does he allow it? I don't think we're going to know all that yeah. until we, I'm going to have an in line. I'll be in yeah. line for sure. <laughs> I'll be like, Lord, I want to ask you about this and this and this. But well, I know your life, Charlotte, well, is one that that when you do go through, through adversity, I've never been around you when you're negative. If you tell me that, then then I believe it. Well, but it's at I, home sometimes, and yeah. it's in my prayer room, and I just I get frustrated and, yeah. and angry, just like anybody else. Yeah. But I have a really specific song by Third Day, and for some of you younger listeners, you they may be they're old school, they're awesome. <laughs> but Third Day has a song called "Show Me Your Glory," and yeah. sometimes it's like I just say, Lord, just show me something in the midst of this. Yeah. And listeners, let me tell you what's crazy that he does for me often. Um, it is hard to, to not be emotional about this because it feels miraculous every time. Sometimes I find a little shiny penny. Yes. (laughs) In a really crazy place. And during my neurosurgery and, and all of that, um, I needed to visit with the doctor to be certain that this was this was a big deal. I mean, I could have been paralyzed from the neck down. Then I thought, okay, I'll learn about Johnny Erickson Tata. We'll go down that road, and I'll be okay. And, yeah. and on the corner of the nurse's desk was this tiny little gold, this little super gold shiny penny. Like, <laughs> and I said, I'm excuse me, is this? And she goes, honey, that must be for you. And I just broke down in the office that that was a sign you know, to, to go forward. Yes. But I just want all of you listeners, we've got to wrap up with our time here to whatever it is, ask God to show you through people, scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shannon, what else do we want to leave people with today about how to get through adversity? Because not all empty nesting is rosy during this phase of life we lose parents yeah we're going to lose loved ones um some people have lost a spouse they love to divorce that they didn't sign up for at all yeah some people lose a job covid a lot of people lost a lot of things right and a lot of hopes and dreams and so we're i i I will say that you know mitch will say this to me sometimes when we're when we're going through stuff that we don't want to be going through Mm -hmm. he always says in the end we win Absolutely. <laughs> you go to Revelation. Yeah. And my, my a mentor friend of mine always says, go to the back of the book. Yeah. Go to the back of the book. Yeah. If you are a believer, we win. Yeah, we win. And yeah. you know, listeners, I haven't really done this because I think most of us that listen to this podcast, all the data we get back, most people are believers. It's, it's a Christian based podcast. But for those of you who aren't, it is super simple to just say, Lord, today yep. I'm going to give my life to you. Yes. Shannon, how yeah. do y'all do that at your church? Yeah, well, what's we, a great way where you have the invitation? Yeah. So we'll, Mitch always will say, you know, if you would like to come forward and be baptized, because we believe in baptism Absolutely. and people having an outward showing um, of that. But I mean, I really, I'm, I'm thrilled that you have lots of listeners, but I can guarantee you probably have some that aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be amazing. Yeah. And listeners, it's as easy as just, Lord, I am, I am falling short. 
I want to believe in you today. I want to give yeah, my take life, to my you. life, take my life and, <laughs> and let it be right. right. Yes. And I'm looking at another scripture that I love so much. Um, that's second Corinthians one, three through five. God is the source of all comfort. He's the source. He is comfort. He was made to be comfort and he comforts us so we can comfort others. And I think Shannon had her eyes in that lane during this several times of adversity, but this, this COVID thing, you guys that are listening, you really can Google Mitch Wilburn and you can Google, you can find literally people laid out all across the world to pray for this man to be alive. And he is, and he has an incredible ministry, but he's here. So I think he knows too, I'm going to comfort others and I'm going to tell people yep. about my awesome God. Yep. That's the only way that we can get through we this. Were, he got to be back in the pulpit starting um, in March. And I mean, if you know Mitch, you he just lives his life mm-hmm. in service of others. That's he just sure who he is. He's just humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I know I said this earlier, but you wouldn't know that he had gone through all of this. Yeah, you you sure. definitely wouldn't know it. So. You wouldn't know. And I want to sign off to um, just to thank everybody for hanging with us in this one. This is yeah. a, heavy. a podcast. It's heavy. It's, yeah. um, it's also hope-filled. Yeah. Shannon and I are both <laughs> hope-filled people that yeah. we just kind of, I don't know, one day my spiritual mentor said, you know, Charlotte, those little party balloons that kind of, they, they, you know, run out of air and the kids will suck them down and then they just rise back yep. up again, ready to go. Yep. I do think that's what each day can be. And we need to arise every day and just say, okay, Lord, what is it today yeah. to be hope and I, for others? And I visualize looking, um, looking at those challenges and issues and visually like laying them at his feet Absolutely. for him to take care of so that we don't have to. We can go and have our day and know that the Lord is going to take care of those things. Mm, he sure is. Well, that's a great place to um, sign off. And also with 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, he will receive us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue. It's rescue. He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him. He will continue to rescue us. Thank you, And Lord. that is such a, a affirmation right there. Yep. But Shannon, thank you. Yeah, we could talk again. Thank you for again. having me. Thank you for sharing your tips yep. about just how to, and your hope and yep. your faith about how to persevere. And listeners, thank you for joining us with this time. And I encourage all of you to arise in faith and slumber in peace and ask God for this and to just do what you need to do to persevere through your hard times. And you are in our prayers. 